Hey, so glad you tuned in today. Welcome back to part two of our series, The Miracles of Jesus. Let's listen in. This morning, I just, I couldn't sleep. I had a lot of anxiety this morning I was dealing with, a lot of the changes that we're about to embark on this week with school and just our schedule and trying to figure it out with, you know, my three children and and even with uh, my teaching job. Like, I just, I was feeling a lot of pressure this morning. And I woke up um, really early and I, I tried to go back to sleep and it just wasn't working. So I went downstairs and finally fell asleep. And then, um... I don't know about you, but we had like this crazy storm this morning and the lightning and the thunder were just like going crazy and it was pouring out. And so I was decided, okay, I'm up. <laughs> and I, um, I read through my devotionals and I was reading scripture and I just paused for a moment and I was like, God, what are you speaking to me right now? And like, and I, and I um, started thinking about like the rain and what the rain does and the rain brings um, life, the rain washes away the, the, the old, it washes away the dirt, and uh, God led me to this verse in Hosea, and I hope this encourages your heart today. Israel was in a, in a place where they were in a hardened state. Um, they had turned from God, and they were turning to idols, and, and this, uh, this, this word comes forth in um, Hosea 10, 12, and it says, so for yourselves, righteousness and reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you so you know I, I look at everything that's going on right now and God has literally stripped everything down we are stripped down to the bare minimum sorry this makes me a little emotional um, you know, I kept telling my husband, I'm like, I, I feel like God is just telling us, keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's what we're doing when we come to you. We're bringing the word because the word is what changes lives. It is the word that um, is changing hearts. And we have hard soil and God is breaking it up right now. And you know, when the farmer goes to break up his ground and he's using that equipment, if we were that soil and we have those blades cutting through, it's painful, it hurts, it's uncomfortable. And I'm sorry, I'm preaching for you right now. No, go um, ahead, go ahead. But if you scatter the seed on hard soil, your fruit isn't going to grow. But when you break up and you make that ground broken and it's and it's plowed and it's and then the Lord plants and we're seeking the Lord. Then he showers down righteousness on you. So I don't know about you, but so today in righteousness. So today in righteousness. And then watch and see the fruit that you are able to reap. He always talks about sowing and reaping throughout his word. Okay. And um, so I pray that blesses you today. I'm going to pray with you before we start start your message. No, go for it. Um, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> but God is good. God, you are so, so good. Mm. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we adore you. And God, we don't quite understand why we go through all that we go through. But Lord, we know that we are, uh, we live in a fallen world. And God, our eyes um, get distracted so many times. And sometimes our intentions are good, Lord. 
But God, it's it's uh, the busyness that the enemy would try to keep us distracted, Lord, that we're not actually sowing. And so, Lord, I pray today as we um, listen to your word, Lord, that we would sow in righteousness. And that, Lord, that we would break up that that ground, Lord, so it can become fertile again to receive, Lord, yes. from you, yes. God, what it is that you're doing so that, Lord, as we are in this season of waiting on you, God, that we would see amazing fruit come out of this, Jesus. We would see lives um, set free and transformed, God, because your word is powerful. Do it. And so, God, we just rely on you today. We trust you today, God, and we give this to you, Lord. There is no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you. So, God, I thank you for what you're doing. And, Lord, I know there's going to be an outpouring from this, God. So we wait on you, Holy Spirit. Lord, and I just come to you and I ask God for healing in our land. I ask God that you would remove this virus from our land, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would breathe over our world, God. And there would be no other answer, but Lord, it was only by your hand, Lord, that this virus has stopped. And that, God, there would be no other answers but the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. that heals all of our sicknesses and heals our diseases. That he came and he touched our world, God. I pray, Lord, that we would see evidence, Lord, that would be undeniable, Lord, that it's you. So, Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. Solidify your word today in our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I found out an interesting statistic this week that more people were online last week, over 80, I believe it was over 80 million, 80 and a half million people were online last week online church. Um, That's more than the NBA, NFL, NHL, and um, well, the four major sports. I forget which ones I mentioned, but it's more than all of them combined in the entire year. Um, Last week was the week that broke the internet. So the church broke the internet. Um, And so we are a force. Let's not misunderstand that we are a force in this world to bring good and godliness and righteousness back in our homes, uh, righteousness back into our, our workplaces, righteousness back into our schools. God has called you to ride this wave, ride the wave of righteousness, to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with. Stop st- sitting back in fear, but but forward on, uh, on the tips of your toes saying, what can I do next for you, Lord Jesus? And so uh, let me encourage you, man. My heart is fired up this morning as I think about all the great things that God has for his people. Don't you even for a moment think that you are uh, of the tail. You are the head this morning and that you are not uh, an afterthought. You are God's primary vehicle of grace and change in this world today. So um, I want to bring a message. This morning's message is entitled, This Ride is Over. This Ride is Over. In continuation of our series, Miracles of Jesus, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this man called Jesus that spoke life to people that lacked every bit of life. They lacked everything about life. They lacked everything about life abundantly. And these people that Jesus touched during his time on earth, during his uh his opportunity here on earth, he ministered to them in ways that they would have never been able to be ministered to by anyone else. Jesus displayed divine power as he spoke to people. 
He spoke to people in ways that the Pharisees and Sadducees only wished they could. Why? Because he was in tune with the Father. There's some people right now. Are you wishing you could do some of the things um, that your fellow believers are doing, your pastor even? Uh, some of the people you read in scripture, the things that they're doing, you say, how could I be that? Jesus said, guess what? He said, greater things will you do. Not because you are you, but because of who is in you. Listen, when Jesus died, they thought they were taking him out. What they really were doing was multiplying him into the disciples. What they really were doing was bringing about change in the world, and the people didn't even know it. Those that persecuted him, those that wrongfully accused him, you know what they did? They multiplied Jesus. They didn't kill Jesus. And Jesus said it himself. No man takes my life. I lay it down myself. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, if you're thinking for even a moment that Jesus was killed, you read the wrong gospel, my friend. Jesus says, no man takes my life. I lay it down myself. So Jesus displayed something very important for us to recognize today. He displayed power over the devil. He displayed power over sickness. He displayed power over corruption, even a corrupt government. He, he displayed power over a ruling Rome, uh, he, the Romans that were ruling uh, them. And, and, and so he displayed all this power. And in part one of this message, I talked about how the disciples were in the boat with Jesus. And I've heard this message so many times over the last few weeks because we took a pause in this series during this uh, this transition virus, but we're jumping back in. We're jumping back in because I believe the miracles of Jesus are relevant for us today in our situation. In part one of this series, we remember that Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, right? Some of you remember that, Mark chapter four, Jesus was in the boat with his disciples and he is doing what? He's got his Mr. Pillow, Dr. Pillow kind of thing downstairs and he's downstairs and he's relaxing. He's down in the bottom of the boat and he's resting and the disciples are going through chaos up top. You ever had chaos up top? Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? So here, here they are um, going through this mayhem uh, on top of the ship. And here's Jesus sleeping. And, and they come down. They're like, Rabbi, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care that something's going to go down here? We're going to perish here in our, in our lives? And Jesus is calm and as, as, and as cool as the other side of the pillow. He comes up and he says, what? Peace, be still. But he also kind of corrected them that they feared instead of having faith. So what happens? Next thing that happens is they get off the boat. <coughs> Excuse me. They get off the boat and they land on the other side. And as they land on shore, there's a guy. Everybody knows a guy that's acting up. And here he's acting up, but he's not acting up out of his own flesh. He's acting up in the flesh in response to something that was happening in the spirit. So here's what's happening. He's being plagued and tormented for a long period of time. And he is mentally, emotionally, and physically overwhelmed. Not to mention spiritually. Let me tell you something. There are people right now, you're logged in right now. Whether you logged into my personal page or to Freedom. Or, but you're logged on even on YouTube or the internet. Maybe you're on a podcast. You logged on today however the case may be, and you've been hit on all directions. You've been hit by Satan in your finances. 
in your mentality, being enclosed in your home, whatever that looks like. Your job either had to cut you or has doubled your time and you just don't know where you're going to find rest. Can I tell you something right now? The Lord wants to tell this whole thing right now in your life, this ride is over. This ride is over. When Jesus' feet, his holy feet, hit that shore, when his feet hit that shore, friend, listen to me, and I want, I want everyone that's listening to me to listen closely. When his feet, his holy feet hit that shore, deliverance had arrived. And here, as he hit the shore, there's a man going, he's going crazy, and they engaged him, and awakening had to happen. Something had to take. Something had to break. And Jesus made something out of nothing. There was nobody that could fix this man. Nobody that could take him and put him in this right place. But Jesus then speaks into this life, makes him whole. And after Jesus forms, performs this incredible miracle by calming the storm, he now calms the storm in the man. Listen, Jesus went from calming the storm in the sea to calming the storm within this man. His, his disciples arrived with him on the shore at the other side of Galilee. It's the non-Jewish, the Gentile region of the uh, the Gerenes, uh uh, there are the Gentiles. And what was about to transpire was a life-changing, life-altering act of compassion by Jesus. Listen, friend. Jesus wants to commit a life-changing opportunity to you today. I don't know what you've been through. And I'm so sorry for many of you who've been through a lot of things. There are some essential workers that have to report and be around a lot of mess. And you're scared for your family. Can I tell you right now? God wants to tell you today that this, this disruption in your spirit, this disruption of fear in your life, this disruption that has eliminated the peace that you once had, this ride is over. God wants to give you peace. And Jesus performs this miracle not because um, he just wanted to show off who he was. He performed this miracle because he cares. He performed this miracle because he loves. And the story of authority, it was not just over this man. It was over the things in this man. And he wanted to release this man from the devil's grip. Mark states something interesting in Mark 5. He states that as soon as Jesus stepped out of the boat, he encountered a man possessed with many demons. Now listen, some of you are like, oh man, demons, I can't touch them. Can I tell you something? You have more power and authority than any demon in hell. You have more power and authority than any demon roaming the earth. Because friend, I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth, they are very real demons, just like they, were very, they are very real angels. Now listen, this demon-possessed man had gone through some things that I think can teach us all some valuable lessons. Are you ready to hear it? If you grab, a, grab your Bibles and turn to Mark 5, you'll see this. If you grab a pen and pad, I want, to jot, I want you to jot a few things down. Number one, this demon-possessed man lived in the tombs. He lived in the tombs. Verse 3, 
Due to his condition, he was exiled from the city. We understand that all human contact, people were just pushing away from him. They were saying, we want nothing to do with this man. We want nothing to do with him. And when, um, and when he had come by or near anyone, people would just get, uh, they would just run away from him. And there are people right now, you're going through so much in your life, you don't even know where to turn because everyone's going different directions. Can I tell you something? He was alone and separated. And a lot of people right now know what alone and separated means. He was separated from his family, separated from his friends, separated from everything he knew as normal. And you know what he had to do? He had to decide for himself that, you know what, I need a change in my life. And I don't know if he happened to know that Jesus was coming. And there's nothing that necessarily proves that he knew that Jesus was coming. But in some case here, we look at Mark chapter 5 and we see that when um, this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore. It goes on to say this. It says, not even with the chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he had often also tore the chains apart. And broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Why? Because he had been overtaken by the enemy in his life. Here he is possessed. He lived in the tombs. He had been overwhelmed by the things external in his life. And now he had given up his spirit, his man. Can I tell you right now, some of you want to break through in your life. But you two are living among the tombs. You're living among the dead. You're asking, why hasn't God set me free from this? Why hasn't God set me free from that? Why hasn't God set me free? You fill in the blank. Why hasn't God set me free? You know what the answer just might be? I don't know. Just might be this. Maybe you're living among the tombs. Maybe you're living among dead things. Maybe you're living among the things that don't bring life. They bring death. They bring you down. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe God has wanted more than you have to, to, to kill the rod of the enemy in your life, just like he did this demon-possessed man. He wants to tell every demon in hell that this ride is over. You can't ride this person any longer. You can't ride on the coattails of this person anymore. You can't, you can't in this case, possess this person anymore. Now listen, I'm a firm believer in this. If you are a dedicated believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, no demon in hell can possess your body. No demon in hell can possess your body. They can oppress you. They can speak. They can whisper. And sometimes that's even more effective. Because you're damaging your own self. You don't even have to enter your body. But as a believer, friend, listen to me. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the enemy has to bind the strong man in you and he cannot overtake the Lord Jesus. You have to give the enemy that reign. And while Jesus is Lord, friend, no one can take that house. Now listen, some of you are wondering, why can't I get out of the position I'm in? Can I tell you why? There's a good chance. There's a good chance. And maybe there's not. Maybe you are one of the few that are, are just completely surround yourself with people that do right, think right, know right, and pray right. But there just might be a few out there that are hanging among dead things. And you're wondering, why can I stop this? And why can I stop that? Or why can I stop watching this? Or why can I get out of this relationship? Or why can I stop this self-destructive behavior? Maybe it's because you're living among dead things. 
Maybe it's because there's something going on in your life and something going on in my life that I need to look at and go, man, what is it in me that's causing me to be this way? That's the first thing. This demon-possessed man lived among the tombs and he was separate. He was separated from everybody else. Can I tell you something right now? Live among the living. Live among the living. Let God do great things. That doesn't mean you don't evangelize. That doesn't mean you don't go out to the world. That doesn't mean you don't tell your friends about Jesus. That is not what I'm saying. Do not read into it. I'm telling you that if you are struggling in your spirit and you're looking for answers, it is not going to be found in the bar. It is not going to be found in the other end of a cigarette. It is not going to be found at the, end of the, at the edge of the bottle that you're drinking from. It is not going to be found laying and sleeping and having sex with anybody and everyone and finding that intimacy. is That's not it. That's not the answer, my friend. You're living among dead things. Can I tell you something? We all need to live among life things, living things that bring that and facilitate life in us. You want life? Hang around life long enough. It's contagious too. Second thing is uh, he was perceived as being dangerous by others. Listen, this man had attempted to, to be bound by chains and nobody could hold him. Another area, he, people knew that this man, not only was he strong, but he was dangerous. And there's some people that have self-destructive behavior and you wonder why nobody wants to be around you sometimes. Can I tell you something? If you have self-destructive behavior, listen, I, I want to break some news to you. There's a good chance that there's a reason why if everyone's running from you, there's a good chance that it's not them, my friend. I'm going to speak to you heart to heart, pastor to, 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 to someone listening. Maybe I just want to pastor you for a moment. Maybe give you a word. If everyone else has a problem with you and you're the only one and you feel like you're the only one that, 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 that is feeling this way, first of all, you're not the only one feeling anything. There's a lot of people feeling all kinds of things right now. But let me tell you something. If, you are, if everyone you get around runs the other direction, take a good look at your person. Take a good look at the spirit in you. If you don't know Jesus, take a good look at what that looks like. And give Jesus a, a legitimate shot in your life. Maybe you're listening today and you never accepted Jesus. Can I encourage you? Think about doing that. And at the end of this, this broadcast, I'm going to give you a chance to accept Jesus and know him as Lord. Third thing is simply this. He had supernatural strength. Why? Because he had a supernatural being overtaking him. The enemy is real, my friends. For he had been chained hand and foot, the Bible says, and he had broken the irons on his hands and feet and no one was strong enough to subdue him. He was living in chains. Sound familiar? Some people may just live in chains and they don't know what to do with themselves. You're strong, but you're strong in the wrong way. You have a strong will. You know, oftentimes people say that about people that are stubborn. They're strong-willed. That's not always a good thing, my friend. Not if it's channeled the wrong direction. If you're a strong personality and you don't know Jesus, guess what? There's a good chance you might be using that for the wrong reasons. Can I encourage you? There's strength in the Lord Jesus Christ today. There's some people that don't follow Jesus because they think those that follow Jesus are weak. Can I tell you we're the strongest people on the planet Earth? Because not everybody can turn the other cheek. Not everybody can go two miles when they're supposed to walk one. Not everyone will hand over more than they could. Not everyone gives 10% of their, 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 um, their, um, their checks and say, you know what, I want to give to the church. Not everyone goes above and beyond that and gives offering on top of that. 
Not everyone does that. Why? Because it's sacrifice. We realize that we're living a selfless life. You say that's weak? To me, that is strength, my friend. When you live in Jesus, he asks you to sacrifice. And the reward is out of this world. No pun intended. Fourth thought is this. He lived in physical and torment and pain. Mark tells us that he would cry out day and night, roaming the tombs and the hills, and he could not sleep, but he could only shout out in pain. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 simply puts it that, that he himself, um, night and day among the tombs, he would cry out. And listen, he cut himself. He cut himself, which brings me to uh, my fifth thought, is he cut himself to try to make a way. Does that sound familiar? There are people that self-harm every single day. Maybe that's you. You harmed yourself once upon a time or you still do. Whether it's self-harm by cutting yourself. Maybe you self-harm or self-medicate by drinking and drinking and drinking. Maybe by smoking. Maybe by doing something to self-medicate. To get your mind away from all of this. Listen, he did everything he can to take his mind off of the pain and the torment there's a lot of people I've met like that, that have hurt themselves because they felt there's no other way. Look at me. God has another plan for you that's so far beyond that. It's so far beyond that. My friend, let me encourage you. This whole message is to encourage you. This ride is over. That you can declare when you come to Jesus that this ride is over. The enemy has run his last time in my life. And when the, when, when the man spots Jesus from a distance, he runs up to Jesus and falls at his feet. He recognized who Jesus was. Friend, hear me. In his confrontation with this demoniac, as some versions will call him, Jesus commands the evil spirits, watch this in verse 8, to come out of the man. He, he said, come out of this man. And it appears that the demons don't immediately obey Jesus. The NIV states, for Jesus had said to him, and the word said is an imperfect tense, and which is a, a better translated as uh, another writer said this, for he had been saying, for he had been saying, which is a progressively imperfect statement, Jesus had already repeatedly ordered the demon to come out of the man, which the demon made his outcry to Jesus, and he protested what? What did he protest? He protested, whatever you do, just send us into, yes, those pigs over there. But not before he identified himself. He says, my name is Legion, for we are many, many, many. Listen, if you think for a moment that one little sin will stay one little sin, my friend, one little sin will multiply in your life bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger till you can't control it anymore. That little sin, that little lie. You know what I'm talking about. You ever had a little white lie happen? You ever, you ever took advantage of a moment and you, and you said a little white lie, as they would call it, and that little white lie needed to be built on another, another little lie because it wouldn't sustain by itself, and that lie became a bigger lie and a bigger lie, and sooner or later, multiple people knew this lie and it was too big for you to control? Or maybe a sin in your life, something you did once that became twice, that became three times, that became ten times, that became twenty times, that became... Years of addiction. You know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Everyone listening to this broadcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone in some way, shape, or form has something that they've allowed to take over their lives and overshadow the God of their lives. That's how come many of us aren't doing the things that God called us to do. Because there's so much sin, there's no room for God. Let that sin be cast away. You're a saint for the love of God. Come and just receive that love of God. Receive that. Receive who you are and, and stop accepting little this and little that so you can feel better about yourself. Can I tell you, when you give your life to Jesus, you realize that we don't have to elaborate or make anything bigger than it is. I am who I am. He is who he is. He accepted me. Now I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. You don't have to go bigger. You don't have to try to elaborate and wax eloquent. Can I tell you something? When Jesus cast those demons out of that man, and into those pigs, those pigs went berserkle. They went out. And guess what? The demons, as they begged him to send them into the nearby herd of pigs, numbering nearly 2,000. Watch this. The text doesn't necessarily mean that the man had 4,000 to 6,000 demons. Because the, the word legion could include, during that time, anywhere between four to 6,000 um, troops. The word legion was used. For four to six thousand troops, that doesn't mean that there were four to six thousand demons in him. But there were many. There were many, many demons in this man, causing him to be both supernatural and tormented. Jesus permitted them to enter the pigs, and the pigs proceeded to run down the hillside and into the ocean and drown. The presence of this herd of pigs, which were considered unclean to the Jews also indicate that this miracle was taking place in this Gentile region. People that didn't know about the Messiah. Or even people that didn't feel like they were one of the people that could receive the Messiah. There are some people tuning in right now. You don't feel like you can give your life to Jesus because Jesus don't even know who you are because you haven't been to church or you haven't given or you haven't been a part of a body. Can I tell you something? That ride is over. You can come to him right now and say, this ride is over. Come on. In fact, tap somebody in your living room right now. Tap somebody next to you and tell them, hey, this ride is over. Come on, do that right now. Both sides. This ride is over. I got nobody here, so it's just, a, I'll do it to my picture here. This ride is over. You need to tell somebody, this ride is over. That's it. For me, I've declared in my life, I want Jesus to be Lord. As followers of Jesus, Satan cannot have power in us, but he can whisper things that will cause us to believe the lie. That chatterbox is an amazing thing. The devil certainly cannot devour us. 1 Peter 5.8 But he does come to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 10. The works of Satan against us is to entice us to sin. He wants to entice us, to seduce us into error. He wants to seduce us into this world where Jesus can't walk into it. He wants us to, get to, to isolate ourselves from Jesus, isolate ourselves from the, the church of God, isolate ourselves. And many of you listening right now, you have not been in fellowship with any church or anybody because he's isolated you and he's told you nobody cares about you. Nobody wants you. Can I tell you something? That is an outright lie from the pit of hell. You are loved and favored and given by God a chance to have the gift of eternal life. My friend, let me encourage you. This ride is over. 
The enemy has no power over you. If you declare Jesus Lord of your life today, right now you can say, this ride is over. Someone say it. Someone listening right now needs to say it out loud. This ride is over. Why? Because my self-destructive tendencies have left me nothing but tormented, empty, dry, and alone. Friend, we need to choose Jesus. You can live for God intentionally or live for the enemy accidentally. The good news is that Jesus is our deliverer. It doesn't matter if you've been in the Lord three weeks, three days, or 30 years. Some of us in this room right now that are listening, some of us on this broadcast that have logged in, let me tell you something. God wants to engage you with an epic turnover. He wants to engage you on an epic turn of events. He wants to change your life. And just because you're not in the building doesn't mean you can't get Holy Ghost in your life. Can I tell you something? The truth is that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The Greek word for destroy means to loose from the ropes or straps and set you free. God wants to set you free. John 3, 8 states that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The enemy has a plan for you, but guess what? Double than that, better than that, is the, the plans of God in your life. Satan's works are conceived and chains bind us and keep us mentally, mentally, we are often bound by our own thoughts. The enemy doesn't have to enter our lives to get a hold of our thoughts. He can just whisper something long enough for you to believe it. Because the moment you believe a lie, you empower the liar. Let me, let me leave you with this thought here. Jesus conquered sin. Jesus conquered Satan. And I have a feeling right now there's somebody listening. You don't realize that Jesus came and died for you. There's somebody listening right now. You have no idea how much God loves you and cares for you. There's a believer right now. You've been in the Lord a long time. Longer than me even. You've given up. Somebody out there has given up. But I want to tell you there's someone that has not given up on you. Jesus Christ. He wants you to know something. As children of God, you can be confident that when Jesus steps foot on the shore, he wants to set you free. Jesus was speaking to this man and there were some things holding that man back that Jesus had to speak to him directly and he cast that out of him. Allow him to speak into your life and cast away fear, cast away doubt, Cast away anxiety. Cast away this alone sense of um, nobody cares and nobody knows me. Can I tell you right now, if you don't have a church home, consider this and consider it us and consider me your pastor. If you don't have a place, I want you to consider Freedom Life your place. Because Jesus steps on these shores. Let me tell you something. We let Jesus step on the shores of freedom. Can I tell you right now, he wants to step into your living room and set you free. He wants to step into your kitchen right now and set you free. And you may ignore this and look the other direction, maybe even sip some of your coffee so you don't have to look me in the eye. But I'm telling you right now, God has a plan for you and he has not given up on you. 
1 John 5, 5 was said very, very special by someone, an author by the name of Sandstorms. He said this verse and he broke down this verse in such a way that I wanted to close with this thought. It was so good that I wanted to share it with you. Here's what he says. This is the author of Sandstorms. He writes this. Simply put, you don't have to suffer from Satan's debilitating presence or yield to his temptations or experience the shame and paralyzing guilt that he tries to inflict. The constant or consistent testimony of scripture is the victory of Christ over the demoniac and over the demonic and also the authority and the power that is ours if we believe. And if we take our stand in the name and the authority of the risen Christ, listen to this, for he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Man, if that's you, this is one of the most important pictures of everything that we're picturing. Jesus stepped on that shore to change lives. And he stepped into your living room, into wherever it is you're sitting, standing, or even right now, maybe even kneeling. He did so, so you would have life, so you would be set free, and you can declare, this ride is over. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you because Jesus loved him and he loves you. And during this epidemic, this pandemic, and this crisis, some of you are debilitated by fear, anxiety, doubt, uncertainty, uncertainty. You don't know where your next paycheck's gonna come from. Ain't no bailout gonna help you in your spirit, man. Ain't no, ain't no um, stimulus gonna stimulate your spirit. Ain't nothing gonna do what God can do in your life in these next few moments. So I'm telling you right now, God wants to touch your life. And he wants to do it in a powerful way. So I wanna pray for you. If you believe in the power of prayer, I invite you to extend your hand right now. If you're in your living room, parents, get your children to do this with me. Get your family together right now and just reach out right now to wherever it is that we're broadcasting. And I wanna pray for you right now. You say, why do I have to extend a hand? Because I want that to be a measure of faith for you. That this is not something you're watching, but something that you're participating in. And so here it is. Reach out your hand right now, and I want to I want to pray a prayer over you. Father, I pray for every person right now at the sound of my voice. I pray in the name of Jesus for every person that's struggling, for every person dealing with fear, for every person having doubt in their faith. They haven't been to church. They haven't done anything with you, Jesus. For these individuals that are absolutely feeling like they're um, overwhelmed by life, like this man was when Jesus landed on the seashore. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow the grace of God to bless every person at the sound of my voice, to touch every single person at the sound of my voice, that they too may sense the power and the love and the peace of God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for all those listening right now that you would speak a word into their lives, that they would sense that you are the deliverer of their lives. In Jesus' name, I thank you for the power of the resurrected Jesus that gives us power over death, hell, and the grave. And I pray against those that are sick. 
I pray uh, against those that, that uh, those things that come against the body of those that are sick right now in Jesus' name. For those that are struggling, maybe you have a loved one that has this, uh, this coronavirus, oh God. This COVID-19, we come against it in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you would heal America, heal China, heal those that are calling out to the Lord Jesus right now in Jesus' name that their lives will never be the same. God, we have a venue right now to reach the world through this, um, through this broadcast. And I ask you, in the name of Jesus, would you just heal our nation, heal our world, and heal all the countries affected. We pray for Italy. We pray for uh, all of Europe. We pray for all of China. We pray for all of the U.S., every single state across America. In Jesus' name, for all of our people making uh, judgment calls and, 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 and making decisions on a high level. God, give them wisdom beyond their years and wisdom beyond human understanding and let them see, God, how to govern us right now through this difficult pandemic. For those that are isolated today, set them free. For those that are bound, loose them in Jesus' name that they may know the power and the authority in Jesus' name. And for those that are bound by fear, God, I pray in Jesus' name, set them free. Set them free because I know you can. Father, while we can't all be in the same room right now, I pray you can be in the room right now with them and minister to their lives the way they need to be ministered to in Jesus' name. I pray these things and everybody said, Listen, I am so honored, so blessed to know, and so glad that you tuned in today. God bless you, and have a great day. And I pray that today you accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you made him Lord of your life, and just confess him as Lord and Savior. Amen. Have a great day, and God bless.